You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 331 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowan, coming to you live um, deep into the night on this fine Friday evening into Saturday morning. A road game for the Hawks this evening that did not end well for Atlanta. A final score of 121 to 110, a loss against the Charlotte Hornets, just just up I-85. And um, with that said, it's going to pretty much be the entire program today as the uh, not, not a whole lot else going on in Hawks land. Um, there's, you know, there's mock drafts to talk about, that kind of stuff. But aside from that, uh, it was basically just a, a pretty ho-hum evening. It was sort of a fun game for the Hawks, I will say, uh, at least until the last couple of minutes here. But at the same time, uh, you know, not, not a ton going on elsewhere. So we'll focus on the game on this, uh, you know, sort of unusual Saturday morning show. Uh, and, uh, of course, the Hawks have a back-to-back as well as they come back home on Saturday night to take on the Washington Wizards. So uh, until then, though, let's talk about the game this evening. Um you know, it was an interesting game for the Hawks. As I, as I said before, there was sort of a brutal defensive performance early on in this game um, with the Hornets taking control. They had a, they had a 7-0 run early early in the first quarter. Uh, the Hawks did fight back to get back to a tie game early in the second quarter, 32-32. But uh, overall, the defensive rating for the Hawks in the first half was about 120. And uh, the, the Hawks committed eight terms in the second quarter, sort of put themselves behind the eight ball in the form of a near-double-digit near uh, deficit at the half. Um, a pretty good half for Torian Prince, though, which I thought was uh, noteworthy. He was pretty aggressive and effective offensively after uh, after sort of a shaky performance on Wednesday. So good to see that in a lot of ways. Um, still, Hawks being down, Hawks were down by nine points in the half, uh, despite the fact they shot seven of eleven from three in the first half. That's not exactly ideal, let's just say, uh, considering you know when this Hawks team shoots like that, you would expect them to be uh, taking a lead of some sort. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where if you're down by nine when you shoot like that, it's not a great sign for the future. Uh, still, you know, Kent Bazemore was fantastic really throughout this game, but especially in the second half, um, there was a 12-0 run in the middle of the third quarter that sort of uh, got the Hawks back into this game. They were down 13 at the time. They got they got back back within one point. Uh, Bays had eight points in about 80 seconds of play. Uh, Dwight Howard also did his, his best during that stretch to help the Hawks out. Had a couple of turnovers and technical fouls sort of opened the door a little bit for Atlanta. And uh, you know, Bays really just kind of keyed that entire spurt. Uh, the Hawks actually got a um, actually tie the game with, with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. Finally, after coming back all the way, but then from that from that point forward, Kemba Walker was fantastic. He scored five straight points at the end of the third quarter. Uh, and actually, the Hawks did put together one monster run, though um, a 12-0 run to take a five-point lead at 95 to 90 between the end of the third and the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, Bazemore uh, was also the key to that stretch. It was the second the second monster run that he had that he had keyed for the Hawks. Um, there was a Torian Prince pick six with about four minutes to go to give the Hawks the lead again. I thought it was probably going to be a situation where it was going to be a close back and forth game all the way to the buzzer from that point forward. But uh, in the at the in the end of this game. Kemba Walker sort of took over, and the Hornets scored the final 12 points. Yes, you're hearing that correctly. Uh, Mike Muscala had a free throw to go up uh, 110 to 109, um, and from that point forward, it was 12 straight for the Hornets to end the game. The Hawks never scratched again, and uh, you know I could probably break that game, break the game down in sort of a possession by possession basis in the final minute. But uh, it was basically all Charlotte. Let's just say it was a lot of Kemba Walker and uh, a lot of the Charlotte Hornets and a lot of uh, sort of ineptitude from the Hawks. Um, the broadcast I thought you know interestingly brought up the fact that Dennis. 
sure was on, was on the floor in the final stage of the game. I had no problem with that whatsoever. We'll talk about that, uh, you know, in, in the future. But really, they were even mentioning his defense. I didn't really necessarily agree with that in a lot of ways. Uh, Walker, of course, you know, sort of lit up everybody in, in, in his path. I'm not sure, you know, sure about, in fact, I am pretty darn sure that Shrewby on the court would not really stop that from transpiring. So I was a little bit baffled by that analysis on the, uh, especially in the studio show after the game. But still, um, you know, wanted to point that out. At least it was brought up that Schroeder was not playing crunch time here. I had no problem with that. And we'll talk about that more, more when we get to the individual players in this game. But um, that was one note. And it was basically just all Walker. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard had a nice game for um, the Hornets in the, uh, stat, in the stat department, 18 points. 15 rebounds and seven block shots. It's pretty quiet. 18 points. He actually got to the line 14 times. Only only attempted seven uh, seven field goals. But you know, old friend of the program, Dwight Howard. Uh, so people, you know, had definitely had a. Um, Vested interest in his game here, and he was fine. It was a lot of Dwight stuff in this game, for better or for worse, but I thought he was okay. It was, but for me, the big, the big story of the night was Kemba Walker. Really, the entire starting five for the, for the Hornets uh, kind of dominated the Hawks in this game, and uh, that was led, of course, by Kemba. Even Michael K. Gilchrist had a good game with 19 points. Nick Batum had a nice game with 19 points, 8 assists, and uh, it was all of them because the, the bench the bench play was really sort of dominated by the, by the Hawks. They, uh, the Hawks reserves had a really nice game in, in general, whereas the Hornets reserves were pretty bad. It's kind of been the case all season long for Charlotte. Whenever Walker leaves the court, they're really bad. In fact, uh, Walker was a plus 28 in his 35 minutes, and uh, the of course uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the team was minus 17. The other in the other 13 minutes, Michael Carter Williams was minus 13. Um, you know, Trayvon Graham. There's a lot of uh, a lot of issues when Walker leaves the court, but it wasn't quite enough for the Hawks to overcome in this game. Uh, Atlanta's offense was just fine, though, for the most part. Uh, 47% from the floor, 50% from three, at 15 of 30, and the Hawks made 21 of their 25 free throw attempts. Uh, had a 109 offensive rating. Uh, you know, most most nights that's going to be enough, even for the Hawks with their shaky defense. That's going to be enough to win on a lot of nights, but defensively they just could not, they could not get any stops in this game. In the second half, at one point, the Hawks were a lot like, like a 135 defensive rating. It did cool off from there, but um, the Hornets ended up with a 119.9 offensive rating, which is going to be, you know, obviously, fantastic against pretty much anybody and a lot of that was due to the fact that they just kind of um, got all their shots to fall they, they got a lot of quality looks made a lot of their free throws in fact uh, non-Dwight Howard members of the Hornets um, did not miss a free throw in this, in this entire game the the rest of the team was 18 of 18 Dwight was 10 of 14 which is obviously very good for Dwight as well so yeah a lot of uh, efficiency from the Hornets and they kind of did everything that they needed to do offensively in order to get this victory whereas the Hawks uh, did play well offensively but defensively just kind of did, didn't have it in this game and that's showed up that showed up really throughout the game before we get into the uh, individual stuff on this fine evening, as we always do, uh, I want to take a minute to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast. I really have a lot of people telling me that there are new listeners in the recent past. So uh, please, uh, you know, first of all, from me, thank you for listening to the podcast. But please continue to listen to it. Hopefully, you guys will like it. And uh, tell your friends and other Hawks fans um, and people that you know, share the podcast with them. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio, all those fun places. And I really appreciate that, as well as the entire Lockdown Network. We could really use uh, your patreon. Um, with that said, we can get into the uh, the players on this fine team. We'll start with, actually start with, with, with the starting five here. Kent Bazemore, as I mentioned before, had uh, you know one of the best games of the season for him by uh, a wide margin here. A, a season high twenty six points, four assists, and two blocks for Kent. He was nine of sixteen from the floor, four of eight from three, four or five from the line. Uh, it was kind of funny. This is one of those game, things where you know sing, uh, single game plus minus can be misleading. The Hawks were minus sixteen with Bazemore on the court. Uh, he was by far the biggest reason why uh, the Hawks were actually in this game. But of course, that 
that that sort of uh, that that minus sixteen number uh, reflects the entire stretch run where the the final twelve points were scored by the Hornets. Before that, it was minus four, and uh, Bays was by far the best player on the court for the Hawks in this game. So pretty misleading there. But I thought he played extremely well, um, especially in the second half. Just kind of was unconscious at different times. And Bud even mentioned him by name in the post game, but just how well Kemp played and the way he shot the ball and just how efficient he was offensively and even defensively. I thought he played pretty well as well. So. Shots to Kent Bazemore, uh, even in a loss for playing a fantastic basketball here. Torian Prince was the second leading scorer with 21 points and four rebounds. He was very aggressive, I thought, in the first half, as I mentioned before. Six of 13 from the floor, three of five from three, six of seven from the line. So a much more efficient, much more active game from Torian after a down night on Wednesday. Um, and that was uh, definitely something that Bud, uh, I'm sure, appreciated. And it jumps off the page whenever Torian's off, uh, you know, offensively aggressive and efficient. And attentive, it sort of always helps his defense as well. And it's good to see him playing well on a night like this. Uh, Dennis Schroeder did not play well in my estimation. 11 points, 2 rebounds, and an assist. And 3 turnovers in 22 minutes. Did have 5 fouls. Really battle foul trouble throughout this game, which I'm sure did not necessarily positively uh, Im- impact him. Um, with that said, you know his, his defense is brutal as usual in this game. Uh, you know Kemba didn't get all of his 29 points against Dennis Schroeder by any stretch of the imagination. But he was not helping them on that end of the floor. And uh, until the final stretch of this game, Malcolm Delaney's uh, you know, the Hawks were just much better with Malcolm Delaney on the floor. In fact, even with Delaney being on the court with that entire 12-0 run, he still finished, he still finished plus nine in this game. Uh, so at one point it was, uh, I believe Delaney was plus 22 and Schroeder was minus 20. And that was uh, pretty indicative. I'm not going to say that's all because of the point guards, of course. But uh, I thought Dennis, the team was better with Dennis off the court in this game. And that ended up proving to be the case pretty much throughout. Um, he wasn't, you know, this is not absolutely his worst game of the season or anything like that, but he definitely did not play well in my estimation. Ursula uh, Sova. 11 points, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Uh, only one rebound, though. Hawks had some issues rebounding the ball, especially uh, defensively in this game, as you might imagine, against a guy like Dwight Howard and, uh, and company. But uh, Ursam was just okay, I thought. You know, he shot the ball efficiently. Only only 5 shot attempts. It has looked pretty slow. I, mentioned that, I, I think I mentioned that again on Wednesday. But I think he's sort of uh, maybe wearing down a little bit from the uh, workload that he's had in recent days. It does not look quite as fresh. He's, of course, not, never been going to be a great athlete. But I think he looks a little bit slower in recent days and did not play incredibly well here, although he wasn't bad either. Uh, Mace, uh, sorry, Miles Plumley routing the starting five out on only, only ten minutes of play, which is uh, an improvement, I will say. You know, even I would probably go to zero, honestly, as I said pretty much on every podcast for the last couple of weeks. But uh, four points for um, Plumley, one rebound. Did battle with Howard a little bit early on in the first and third quarters, but didn't do much else, and that's probably going to be his best role uh, moving forward. If, if nothing else, if he has to have a role, that's probably the one that you want him to be in. Moving into the uh, bench, John Collins was very, very good in this game. 10 points, 9 rebounds, 4 or 5 from the floor. Two of two from three. Both both were corner threes. Both looked very confident. Um, if you if you didn't know any better, you would think that was a shot he takes all the time. And he has been shooting them a lot more. Uh, you know, John looked very very comfortable on, on the perimeter offensively in this game. Not super dynamic aside from just the catch and shoots there, but still uh, very imp- impressive. He's able to knock those two down with uh, with confidence. Played well defensively. Played well offensively. Um, played a lot of power forward as he has been in the recent days. I still don't love that necessarily, but I had no problem with it because you know you know just get, getting him on the court is probably the best thing here. 21 minutes probably should have been a little bit more than that. I was a little bit, maybe not surprised, but a little bit concerned necessarily that um, Collins was not playing crunch time here. I would, I would have gone with Collins. That's not that's not why the Hawks lost. They lost because they, they, they couldn't stop Kemba Walker, which Collins was not going to be able to fix. Um, still, I would, I would like to see him play a little, a little bit more down the stretch um, because he was playing so well. And again, 10 points, 9 rebounds at 21 minutes, uh, pretty efficient and a pretty good game here for John Collins. Uh, also on the uh, bench, Mike Muscala played 14 minutes, had 14 points in 14 minutes, 
Four of six from the floor, two of three from three, four or five from the free throw line, three rebounds and two assists. He was very good here, offensively especially. I, do, I don't think Muscala is quite 100% in terms of where he normally is athletically. Probably some of that is the fact that he missed so much time with the ankle that I'm sure he's not in the best shape he's ever been in at the moment. That's just me sort of guessing, but he doesn't look, he doesn't look quite as explosive. Not that Muscala is this transcendent athlete or anything like that, but doesn't look quite as explosive as, as normal, but still I thought he played very well here in his limited time. Obviously shot the ball very well. Good to see him getting a lot of shots up. That's always the thing with Muscala. I wish he would always shoot more, and he was definitely more aggressive here, and I'd like to see that from him. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, uh, pretty much a non-factor offensively. He was 0-3 from the floor, only had one point, but had nine rebounds and three assists, banged a little bit with Dwight Howard, did a pretty effective job in that role, even if he was kind of an a uh, zero offensively in this contest. I mentioned Malcolm Delaney earlier. I thought he played pretty darn well here, especially since he only had three points. Uh, did have six assists. He's, he's been much more of a pass-first guy in recent days, and that's actually been a pretty good look for him. And defensively, he's just better than Dennis Schroeder right now. So I understand that's uh, something that it's not all about Schroeder, but you know, Delaney's just always in the right place at the right time. Something I mentioned before, I think, I think he's played very, very well the last you know, month, month plus for Malcolm. Probably the best stretch of his NBA career. Marco Bellinelli, uh, six points, two assists, and three rebounds. It was two of nine from the floor. Didn't do much else in the typical Marco experience. And finally, Tyler Dorsey, three points, three rebounds. And he was a plus six in 13 minutes. Had a very, very impressive defensive rebound at one point. Uh, his only missed shot of the game was an air ball, which was pretty ugly. But he did make a three. And I thought uh, Dorsey was pretty aggressive, pretty effective when he played. You know, they, the Hawks uh, clearly try to hide him at different points in various things. You know, he's a rookie. He's not, all, he's not all the way there yet. But I thought he was pretty effective in his 13 minutes of play play. Uh, that's that's going to do it for the entire breakdown here. Luke Babbitt was the only guy that did not play um, for Atlanta that was that was active in this contest. Uh, it's one of those things where, um, oh sorry, I should, I should mention that uh, Isaiah Taylor also did not play. I'm trying to do the math here in my head as I'm looking at this. Yeah, Isaiah Taylor as well did not play. So Babbitt and Taylor were the actives that, oh and sorry, I'm, I blanked all the way on that Kavanaugh and Taylor are in the G League, which I should have announced at the beginning of the podcast. So that's what happens when you're when you're post midnight and uh, and you realize that two guys are not even there. Uh, Isaiah Taylor and Tyler Kavanaugh are back in the G League, so follow that follow that away. I'm sh- I probably should have said that earlier, so my apologies on that. But uh, that's what you get at 12:08 uh, a.m. local time after a full after a full day. So yes, Luke Babbitt was the only guy who was active did not play. And uh, you know, as for the as for the G League, you have a couple of guys there in Kavanaugh and Taylor, along with Josh Majette. Uh, Bembry's actually with the Hawks right now, but it's still out, and uh, Andrew White. So there it is with that. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, everybody, we're going to do another episode, actually, that will serve as the Monday, quote-unquote, episode, even though I'm going to post it on Saturday night into Sunday morning, as uh, the Hawks do have that home game on Saturday. I will, be in the, I will be in the building for that one, so I'll be breaking down Hawks-Wizards. The Wizards are a very interesting, slash weird, slash inconsistent, maddening basketball team, so you kind of you kind of never know what you're going to what, what you're going to see from the Wizards, and uh, that probably extends to this particular game, because you know the Hawks have been better at home. They're certainly capable of winning this game. Uh, the Wizards Wizards uh, are about a five-and-a-half point favorite right now in Las Vegas. That sounds about right. They are much better than the Hawks if they actually try, And but one of those things is they're not very consistent at all. So the Hawks are fully capable of pulling that upset, uh, even on the back-to-back um, here. It's not exactly a long a long flight. I, I'd be willing to bet the Hawks are probably already back in Atlanta even now as I record this. So keep an eye on that on that game. We'll definitely come back and uh, record from, from Phillips Arena on Saturday night, so stay tuned for that. Uh, again, please subscribe to the podcast. I thank, I thank everybody for, for doing that, and we'll see you guys uh, on technically on Sunday, but for the Monday show, start the week off right, so stay tuned for that.